Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. There is an expression in Scripture, the rock that is higher than I. God scales over us. He's more, he's most, he's better, he's best, he's greater and greatest. He's higher and highest. Today, we're going to look at a quality of God. He's kinder and gentler than we can imagine. Dare to believe again. Numerous are the times where we've seen God's kindness and we've witnessed what prayer and fasting can do. In the year of 1746, the most powerful fleet of all time, 70 ships, 13,000 troops headed west from France. The intent was to recapture Nova Scotia and destroy from Boston to New York all the way south to Georgia. Massachusetts Governor William Shirley called for a season of prayer and fasting beginning on October 16, 1746. At Boston's Old South Meeting House, one preacher prayed, Send thy tempest, Lord, upon the water, and scatter the ships of our tormentors. Barely had he finished praying, then the sky darkened, winds began to shriek, church bells began to ring in a wild way, and indeed, the entire fleet was scattered. Longfellow even wrote of this in his Ballad of the French Fleet, that a navy was destroyed by three words, let us pray. And so it is. We believe that the host we face, whatever sickness, heartache, pain, and misery, they can all be scattered by three words acted upon, let us pray. For when we pray, God reveals himself, the God that is higher than I. Prayer invites the hand of God into the affairs of men. Prayer says, I can't do it by myself. I need you, God. Could I direct you in your Bible reading during this time, during this season of your life where you may be facing adversity and struggle? I would recommend that you focus on two areas of the Bible, the Psalms and the Gospels. Of course, I like to call the book of Acts the fifth gospel. Luke started the book of Acts, this so-called fifth gospel, by referencing his prior gospel. In the gospel of Luke, that's what Jesus began to do. Acts, then, is a continuation of what Jesus began to do in Luke throughout his life. But this time, it was the life of Jesus Christ through the body of Christ. So when you're going through great times of trial, read the Psalms. They will draw you close to the heart of God. And the Gospels will draw you close to the God-made man and to the many, many human needs that Jesus addressed. You will find answers there. Put it simply, the Gospels are stories of miracles. You see Jesus as healer, as miracle worker, as more than capable of addressing our needs. You read the Gospels long enough and you may begin to realize that Jesus Christ is really the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not changed. And what he did back then, he can do now. And more importantly, what he did then, he wants to do now. He's kinder than you can imagine. He's gentler than you can conceive. He is the rock that is higher 
than I. So when you start to read the Gospels, there's a story in the Gospel of Mark that shows this. And it's what I want to focus on today in this devotion. Mark 5 contains two miracles about two women. There was a young girl, the daughter of Jairus, and there was an older adult woman. Jesus was en route to Jairus' house when Mark, who very well may have been in the crowd that day, perceived a particular adult woman trying to do what all others did, trying to get to Jesus. She hoped to touch the hem of his garment, probably the fringe, the wings of his outer prayer shawl. And she kept saying, if I could only touch his clothes, if I could touch the edge of his clothes, I know I will be healed. Mark tells us a bit about this woman. She was hemorrhaging, bleeding, had been doing so for 12 years. She had spent all she had on the supposed cures from doctors. Medicine was exceedingly primitive back then. But the Bible says as great as the suffering of her disease, she suffered much more at the hands of the physicians. And she didn't get better. Rather, with each treatment, each day that passed, she grew worse. When she heard that Jesus was near, she came up with her own solution. I just need to touch his garments and I will be made whole. There's a lot of strikes against her if you stop and consider it. First, she was ceremonially unclean. The law said that she should not be in the company of other people for seven days. Second, by touching someone, she rendered them unclean for seven days as well. They too should quarantine. Third, she was a she. For her to push her way through a crowd of people was considered a sign of wantonness, degrading to her femininity. Fourth, she was absolutely broke. She had spent everything in the hands of the physicians. Fifth, she was physically spent as well. This sickness had drained her vitality, her strength. She was walking to her grave. But she had two things going for her. First of all, Jesus was near. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. That song said, none else could heal all our soul's disease. No, not one. No, not one. He knows all about our struggles. He will guide us till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. He's near. He's close. As close as the mention of his name. And he's kinder than we can imagine. He sees when a sparrow falls to the ground. And then he asks the question, are we not worth more than many sparrows? He clothes the lilies of the field in a genuine splendor. He is the one who provides meat in due season. He's the one that sends gentle rains on the just and even the unjust. His compassions fail not. Great is his faithfulness. This is what she had going for her. First of all, Jesus was near. And the second thing this woman had going for her was her faith. Her faith that was revealed in her dogged pursuit of Jesus. Faith that proved itself in her perseverance and determination. After she pressed her way through the crowd, touched his garment, she was healed. She knew she was healed. She knew that it had happened. And Jesus said to her in Mark 5, 34, daughter, because you dared to believe, your faith has healed you. Go with peace in your heart 
be free from your suffering because you dared to believe. Do you know how important your faith is to God? All of your spiritual success is rooted in faith in God. And all spiritual failure is the fruit of a lack of faith in God. What this woman had going for her, Jesus was near and she had faith. She dared to believe again. Jesus was never amazed at someone's righteousness. He was never impressed by anyone's wisdom or their education. Jesus was not awed by someone's family lineage or even their possessions. What amazed our Lord was faith. A Roman centurion once asked that Jesus would heal his servant when Jesus said that he would journey to the Gentile's house. The centurion said, in effect, no bother, just speak the word of healing. Jesus marveled and said, I have not found so great faith. It seems that Jesus is looking for faith. He is searching for faith. Do you remember the question Jesus asked in Luke 18? When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on this earth? Jesus is hoping to find faith in each and every one of us. Faith to dare to believe again. Faith that is rooted not in our faith, but in God's faithfulness. Confident in the very nature of God and in his mercy that he's kinder and that he's gentler. It was another time Jesus was amazed when a Canaanite woman came pleading to him for her demon-possessed daughter. He said, great is thy faith. Your request is granted. And the daughter was delivered. The centurion, the Canaanite woman, until the centurion, Jesus went places, laid hands on people, healed them. The centurion said, you don't have to be there physically. Just speak the word. The centurion tore down a man-made barricade that Jesus physically had to show up somewhere. No, he could simply speak, speak, and healing would come. And that's what Jesus did then and with the Canaanite woman. And I think that's a message for our time and our day. We have relied on that passage in James. Call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint with oil and pray the prayer of faith and I believe in that. We do that. We've relied, though, on that passage in Acts, the anointed prayer cloths and handkerchiefs sent from Paul to people as points and objects of faith. We believe that. We practice that. Except when it's not practicable, when it's not practical, when we physically can't get there, when the doors are closed and we can't go in. When there is some impediment, some barrier, some barricade that has been set up where we cannot actually touch the people that need the healing touch of the Lord. When we can't get to them, Jesus can speak the word, speak the word. Contrast the centurion's faith with the Nazarene's lack of faith. In Matthew 13, Jesus couldn't do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. I said the two things amazed Jesus, great faith and no faith. Read the account of the Nazarene's lack of faith in Mark. In Mark 6, Jesus marveled at their lack of faith. How much faith do you have? Do you have the faith to say, I didn't see it happen yesterday, but I'm believing today. I'm believing that God will make a way. Why? It's not that I have confidence in my faith. 
I have confidence in the object of my faith. I have confidence in the ever-caring, ever-faithful, living God. What do you need from God today? Is there sickness in your home? Is there heartache in your own heart? Is there anger? I'm seeing a lot of anger lately. People very frustrated. They are feeling like maybe they're out of control. Is there a sense of anger in your life? Frustration. Maybe fear and foreboding that you just can't seem to work around. Maybe you've relied on an old technique, an old formula, something you saw happen and work in the past. And you say, I'm going to try that again and I will get through this, but it hasn't worked. God is not a God of formulas. He's a God of faith. God is not a God of recipes. He doesn't want you to have do this, add a little of that, subtract this, and this will be the result. No, God wants you to lean on him not just something that worked for you in the past. I said that there is a rock that is higher than I. God sees, God knows us. He knows we are just dust. He remembers our frame. He's kind. He's gentle. You can go to him. Dare to believe again. Dare to press your way through the crowd. Ignore all of the looks Ignore all of the impositions and say, I will touch the Lord. Dare with the centurion to say, I believe you can speak the word, Lord. Speak it now and you're going to set me free. I believe Thank you for sharing a daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed, 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.